Welcome to the Construction User 2.0 from the Association of Union Constructors. In this podcast, we explore the latest labor trends, industry insights, and important issues in the world of construction. Join us for conversations with industry leaders, subject matter experts, and innovative visionaries as we discuss how we are building the world of tomorrow. Today, we have two awesome guests. Joelle Salerno is the Assistant Executive Director for the Western Pennsylvania Chapter of the National Electrical Contractors Association, or NECA. With a strong background in government affairs as a formal congressional staffer, Joelle facilitates and supports innovative change in the areas of emerging markets, workforce development, state-level legislation, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our other guest is Danielle Harshman. She is the Executive Director of the Ironworkers Employer Association in Western Pennsylvania, and she's also the Vice Chair for TALK's Local Employer Organization Committee. As the former director of marketing for Ironworker Local Number 3, she has firsthand perspective of both labor and management and the many hurdles faced by both. Both of our guests are members of the Pittsburgh chapter of the National Association of Women in Construction, and that important conversation is what we're here to talk about today. Please help me welcome Joelle Salerno and Danielle Harshman. So Joelle and Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Construction User 2.0. Thanks for having us, Kirk. Yeah, thank you. So I don't know if you've listened to the podcast before, but I always try to open it up with a ridiculous question to get it started and keep it conversational. So Joelle, you first. What is the last song you had stuck in your head? The last song I had stuck in my head. I think it was probably Invisible String by Taylor Swift. It's a solid option, really. It's really, it's, it's an earworm for sure. It absolutely is. And how about you, Danielle? Last song that you just couldn't break free from? Oh, let's see. There's a few, but I, I we're going to sound like total Swifties because I would say shake it off. <laughs> I think maybe because of all the things happening over the weekend and that's my daughter's one of her favorites. So no. yeah. For the record, there's nothing wrong with being a Swiftie. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan myself. Did we watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yes. Okay. But we're from Pittsburgh, so we're kind of bred to Fair watch enough. football. So Fair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kicking off today, we're, you know, we're talking about NAWIC. Let's hear about it. T- tell me about the mission of NAWIC. NAWIC is the National Association of Women in Construction. And so kind of speaks for itself. NAWIC is about supporting women in construction. One of our, our mantras right now is many paths, one mission. And it just kind of demonstrates how many different paths women take to get into the construction industry. I know Danielle and I have a variety of have many much different routes of getting here. And we're very different than the tradeswomen who come in through apprenticeship or other fields, professional positions. And so there's just so many ways that we all come into the industry. And NAWIC is just about supporting all those women where they are and helping them get to where they want to go. Well, now you've piqued my curiosity. How did you, uh, Joelle, end up in control? What is your mission? How did you end here or get here? Well, I I work, uh, my day job is working for the National Electrical Contractors Association. I'm a chapter uh, assistant director for the Pittsburgh chapter. And I came in, my, my, I grew up in a union household. And so I, uh, you know, union construction is is close to my heart. Uh, But my background is in politics and uh, government affairs. And so I, I started out working for a member of Congress. And that's where I was working when I came on board with NECA. So that's awesome. How about you, Danielle? I started doing government affairs. That's and makes total sense coming from politics in the Hill. And Danielle, how did you end up here? So mine's a little bit convoluted. We joke when we talk to some of these people that we run into and Joel, at least I feel the same because I, my background is actually in marketing. 
and advertising. So that's what I graduated school for. I went to work for a small ad agency that at the time, um, well, once I had been there for a few years, actually had Ironworkers Local Union Number 3 as a client. So I was PMing pretty much that client um, and overseeing all their advertising and their media marketing plan, media placement. And then I actually went to work for the local internally and ended up doing some of their marketing internal for them after they understood what all I did on the outside of the agency. So I worked there for close to nine years. And then this opportunity came up to be the executive director of the Ironworker Employers Association. So now I represent the contractor side. So I find it interesting because now I got to see both ends of the uh, business as far as like labor and management, which is what we do in this role is to keep that relationship going. But yeah, mine was advertising. So I, I always say in a prior life, I had to have something else going on that because I love going on a job site and seeing everything built out of nothing. All these projects come to life. So no, that's awesome. That's a, no, a special place in my heart for marketers uh, being one. I love that. That's really cool. So how do other people get involved? How, what are the, what are the draws? I, what are the draws is the wrong way to phrase that question. How do people get involved with NAWIC and what are the, the benefits and, and how, how can they help? I would say it definitely depends on the local area where you are. I know there are around 120 NAWIC chapters across the country. Uh, Pittsburgh is chapter 161. And uh, so we have been growing our membership and basically trying to go out there and find women who aren't currently engaged in maybe a future leaders or a women's networking group, uh, trying to get them involved and just introduce them to the community and showing them that they have a community. I think that's one of the biggest draws of the women who are currently involved in NAWIC Pittsburgh uh, is that we try to get together and um, really create that sense of community and support. And we've been trying to do that in creative ways, um, virtually and in person since COVID. So uh, we've been doing our best for that. Uh, and then we also try to provide opportunities to give back. And one of the biggest ways we've been doing that is through Camp Nawick, uh, which is a girls in construction camp for teen girls. Over the summer, it's a, it's a week long day camp and uh, next year, this coming year is going to be our second year. And we're really excited about all of those opportunities. We've had so much support from our NAWIC members and from the industry across Pittsburgh. So I'm going to ask what will probably sound like a stupid question, but because, you know, we all know what associations do. We know the general understanding. But talk to me a little bit more specifically about NAWIC. Obviously, National Association of Women in Construction, people can infer a lot about what it is you guys do. And you just gave a great example of, uh, you know, of Camp Nawick. Walk me through a little bit more. What are you guys doing? How are we supporting women in construction or advocating for them? What are the programs and projects you guys are doing? Yeah, I know we we do a lot of we try to do the networking, like I mentioned, as well as professional development. We try to give opportunities for continuing education uh, different safety opportunities, especially we're working on an event right now for maybe Danielle can talk a little bit about it, about safety gear and PPE that's designed specifically for women, since that's still a thing that's really hard to come by for a lot of women who need it. So that's across the country. There are all different kinds of programs that chapters are putting together to advocate and increase awareness of, of the needs of women and just give women support for how they can succeed and how they can advocate for themselves and how they can establish themselves in working in a construction environment. 
Well, Danielle, it sounds like you've actually been tapped in on this one. I, I was actually just talking to Kathy Dobson not too terribly long ago about the uh, the need for better PPE and uh, and stuff for women. I'd, I'd love to hear you expand on that. Yes, I definitely have Kathy on my list to talk to you about this. So we are actually creating a PPE fashion show, if you will. I want to be involved in this so much. Like, let me know however we're talking help because that sounds awesome. You're in. You're in for sure. <laughs> so we're gonna we're planning to host it in the fall. But our goal is to, like Joel had mentioned, to bring about different um, companies that do support women's PPE and how, you know, it's a better fit. Now, we talked about recently how OSHA just put out their new information about how it has to be proper fit. Well, I know so many women that go on the job site and say, you know, these gloves don't fit me. These boots don't fit me. The, the PPE doesn't fit me. And, you know, they just can't get it in a small enough size or an appropriate size, um, which isn't safe at all. So we're trying to work with different vendors that we can bring some of this PPE that would actually be more uh, apt for women to wear to uh, the fashion show stage, if you will. <laughs> um, but not so we're crazy, you know, we're we're still in the construction industry, but, it, it, you know, it goes along with trying to, to bring about for Women, we're not saying, hey, look at us, we're different, we we need this, we demand this, but hey, if you want us to do these jobs and these roles and you want us to be safe and follow the OSHA regs, then it does need to come down to people looking at it in a different way than they have it before. I mean, I used to run into different iron workers that would say, I have a really hard time finding metatarsal boots or steel toe boots because I can't get them in my size. So that's really, we're trying to bring more awareness to the companies that are offering it and promote it to those here in the Pittsburgh market. We have a helmet study going on right now. There's lots of new things that, you know, not just for women, but there's such advancements going on in general for PPE. I think having a fashion show of all the new options and availabilities, especially focusing on the fit for people that are differently sized and shaped, you know, I think there's a lot of value that could be really, again, let us know how we can help. That sounds awesome. Kirk, I think we're going to sign you up to be one of the models. How about that? Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) We can do that. Because again, we're not, it's for everything that we do. Yes, it's a lot woman focused, but it's not to go against the men in this industry by any means. You know, we're just trying to work together, work collectively and help those that sometimes don't have that voice be able to you know, speak on their own behalf and be confident about it. But the PPE, yeah, we can we can bring in the new innovative helmet designs and it doesn't have to be just for women. But, you know, if we can rock one that has a ponytail slot, that's probably good too. You know, <laughs> as long as it keeps us safe. That's that had not occurred to me till this moment, the ponytail slot and the hard hat. That, uh, yeah, yeah. Right? No, that makes, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. See, it's the things you absolutely don't think about in this you know, traditionally very male-centric, that you don't think about it till you need to think about it. Great partners make a difference in any industry, but ours are the best. So let's take a moment for the Milwaukee Minute. Milwaukee Tool is dedicated to providing a full range of trade-focused solutions that increase confidence and productivity on the job site. One example of that commitment is OneKey, our connectivity platform that puts job site management into your hands, allowing you to track what matters through the industry's largest Bluetooth tracking community. This purpose-built tracking hardware and software gives you the ability to customize, track, and manage your tool inventory, fundamentally changing the way you interact with your tools. 
Together, the OneKey app and the IoT Connected Power Tools deliver superior task-specific power, precision, quality, and repeatability to help you and your crew work smarter. The free app grows with your business, addressing inventory pain points, increasing productivity, and decreasing downtime. Learn more about the OneKey platform at onekey.milwaukeetool.com. Are there other things that I'm not thinking about that we don't, that it doesn't occur to us, other things that need to be considered and and attention paid to for women in construction? I mean, Joe, I don't know this would be a tag team. Like, I know I went to a job site, one of the bigger projects around here not too long ago, and they did a women's day there. And it was funny how one woman spoke about the PPE and it was like the jumpsuit option that they had to wear. And they're like not to be gross or anything, but it takes us a little bit longer when we have to go to the bathroom um, that you don't think about, you know, and for different from guys in certain situations like that. But I mean, it, it's not so much about like, like I said, look at us, we want to stand out on our own. It's just, there are things that you may not think about day to day. I mean, and the biggest, you know, that we see around here too, I mean, everywhere, but childcare, but that's not just a woman problem. It's a single parent issue a lot of times and with them not being open early early enough or late enough. I mean, the cost is high, but a lot of it has to do with the times, especially when you need to be on a job site at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., something like that. And you're not done maybe till 6 p.m. or after. So that's one of the topics we've talked about. I mean, there's a handful. A lot of it is just being able to, you know, have converse, hard conversations and be taken seriously. I think without be take, being taken as um, angry, I think that's right. No, it doesn't need to be adversarial. It just needs to be inclusive. Right, right, right. And that is, a, a, you know, the childcare issue and all those things. Going back to the to the numbers of women in construction, it's uh, you know, women are somewhere around just under eleven percent in construction of the workforce, and it's even lower for women in the field. And I think that's one of the big priorities of NAWIC is is getting the message out about the needs of women in the field because these kind of things are what prevent women from going into the field. Not because they're not going to be talented tradeswomen, and that's part of the problem. Is we need incredibly talented tradeswomen who are passionate about what they're doing, but if they have to change, you know, their their whole family structure, they might choose to have fewer kids or not have kids at all. Or, you know, and that's a, a decision that all families deal with, whether it's the it's it's a man in, in the trades or a woman in the trades, making those decisions about your family uh, life because you don't have the resources that you need to support your career is a big problem for everyone. Right. And even stepping back once from that, I was just talking to a few months ago, the, the iron workers who kind of broke the mold of, of having maternity leave, you know, in, in labor, which was kind of groundbreaking. And I, I believe, I don't want to be wrong, I think they're still the only major that have the, the full maternity leave for, for people in the field. Is that correct? I think so. I think others were looking into it to see how it was, you know, being handled what all it looked like behind the scenes. But as far as I know, I think they're one of the only ones at the moment. I think other people were interested in trying to see how they could implement it. Yeah, I certainly don't want to offend someone else who has absolutely pulled it off and I just don't know about it. But I know that the iron workers did and it was a big breakthrough thing. Yes, it was huge. And I mean, it was that was a big step for them. Along with other trades, it's very hard on your body and very demanding industry, not just iron working, but in the trades, especially in the field. And you know, 
you're carrying a, a tiny human and you're trying to take care of yourself and still work and work hard. And, you know, you don't want to be say, oh, well, I just want to sit over here on the sidelines. But, you know, some of that you have to really be careful, especially women that might have issues with their pregnancy or they're high risk, but they don't, they can't really afford to be off all that time. So yes, it was definitely a um, program that was well-received and very ingenious for the times. I mean, sad to say that it's taken this long, but um, no, it was great. But, and going back to what Joelle said about being in the field, you know, there's so little women in the field that I think a lot of times it's hard that if you have to go to someone, you don't know who to go to. And not that there aren't great guys that you can rely on, that you can talk to, you can talk about different situations, but sometimes it's not the same as going to another female, right? Because you don't want to get emotional or you don't want to come off as you can't handle it. So those are some of the things that we work through too and offer that continuing education or just how to hold your own. But I mean, it's a struggle. You know, you look at some of these in construction and all leadership is men. They're all men, which isn't bad. We're not saying it's bad. We're just saying, you know, those some sometimes it's very hard to have certain conversations about certain things that you're going through and be understood or feel like you're being heard. So that's really kind of another avenue. I remember being at the Ironworkers and saying some of our apprentices like, what made you get into this? Like, what made you want to be an iron worker? Because it's it's not something we typically see. And it's great and it's wonderful. We should have more because they're some of the hardest working women I've seen. But a lot of times it's like, oh, I wanted to prove my brother wrong or I wanted to, you know, hold my own and I grew up on a farm or whatever. But they kind of collectively created their own little network of women iron workers here in this market so that they had someone to kind of go to or lean on of how to handle it. Because they'll tell you, you know, we have good guys looking out for us, but sometimes they won't let us do the work because they don't want us to get hurt. But we need to show that we can do the work, you know, and it's like that dynamic that, you know, guys might see it as I am helping, I'm I'm looking out for, I'm whatever. And it's wonderful. But at the same time, you're like, but do I look bad to my foreman because I'm not doing it because someone else is taking care of it, you know? So it's that, those little dynamics that it's not necessarily done on purpose, but it's it's seen very differently from both sides that we're trying to help educate, if you will. I think you just answered my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Sorry. Both of you have full-time jobs. Both of you, you know, Joelle, you're the assistant director of NECA and Danielle, you're with the IWEA. You know, both of you are, are, are swinging big in your own lanes and then taking on this, uh, the NAWIC thing as well. Why is it important to do that? I guess I get to see from the NECA side how impactful it is when my member contractors give back and when they contribute to the association and how much that helps the industry as a whole. And so I want to be able to do that with my expertise and with where with my strengths, be able to give back. And Camp Nawick is a big reason why I got involved with Nawick Pittsburgh in the first place, because I'm very competitive. And I saw that Philadelphia had done a similar girls in construction camp. And I know that if Philly can do it, then we can do it too. And I, I know that I didn't really see a lot of those opportunities when I was growing up here. And so I, I know a lot of young women around this area who could have incredible careers and family sustaining careers doing these things. And so I'm really passionate about making sure that they can at least see examples of women who are 
doing it and who are succeeding in doing it because if they don't see the examples then they're not gonna most of them are not gonna explore the opportunity so you know you just said there's nawick philadelphia and nawick pittsburgh is there a nawick near you you know we this is a the podcast goes out to everywhere is there are there nawick chapters everywhere yes there are yeah around the country the website nationally is nawick.org and they have a chapter look up there where you can figure out which chapter is closest to you and which jurisdiction you're in. Uh, and then you would join. You can join the chapter that is closest to you. And by that, through that membership, you join NAWIC National also. Awesome. So kind of my not last question, but kind of what events or things do we need to be on the lookout? What are the ways to support? You know, we can join. Obviously, you can join a local chapter. But what are the other events or sponsorships or what are the other things that people can do to support the NAWIC mission? Our biggest one throughout the year is WIC Week, which is Women in Construction Week, which is coming up. It's always the first week in March. So that be on the lookout for engagement opportunities on social media if you get to share some nawick uh, information on uh, on linkedin or other social media sites uh, and then we also do in-person events for wick week in most chapters i know pittsburgh we usually have a few so definitely be on the lookout for all of those there are sponsorship opportunities for all of those and then, of course, volunteer opportunities at events like the fashion show and the uh, and Camp Nawick. So we'll get to uh, definitely follow us on LinkedIn and check, you know, our social media and our website for all those different opportunities. No, I love it. I think that there's it's it's a really important conversation for all of the reasons you guys have said. There's just there's so much need to have the inclusion and to to bring these conversations up because sometimes they're awkward or different or not always the most accessible things to do. There's a lot of cultural boundaries and historical boundaries, and I think it's a it's an important thing to have these conversations be happening. Um, is there anything else you guys want to, like, throw in? Danielle, is there any kind of closing thoughts on NAWIC or Joelle? Like, just, yeah. I would say, you know, if this is, if there's someone listening out there that want to be a part of it, definitely take the opportunity to attend an event or talk to a board member from your local chapter. I mean, Joelle's the one that talked me into it, to be honest. But I think we have similar ideas and thoughts and competitiveness. And we, our group, a lot of it is we have a, a wide variety of women in all different facets of the construction industry from attorneys to labor to PMs and everything in between, which is really what we try to show at our Camp NAWIC to all these young girls that you know, they always say, if you can't see it, you can't be it. So that's uh, one of the things that we're really trying to push is hey, you don't have to just be in the trades. There's other avenues to go or like uh, like Joelle and myself, we came from very different backgrounds, but we still wound up here. They have a lot to offer, but we look at our chapter and we're trying to make these things happen. And we always joke with each other and say, it's a small group, but we're mighty. And we always get things checked off the list. But a lot of us are working full time and a lot of us have kids at home and we're running with them. So don't be afraid to reach out to your local chapter to see how you can potentially become part of it if you're not ready to be on the, on the board per se, or just maybe volunteer like Joelle had mentioned to some of these events, because it's, it's well worth it and helps other women see that, you know, you can do this. I'll be honest, when this job opportunity came up for me, I was very unsure at the time. It had never been someone that was female that sat in this role. And when I sat down to think about it, I wanted to do it not only for my daughter, but for my son to show that like, 
yeah, we can do this. I can do this. But I've had a great support system. And NAWAC, I know, is someone that I can always go to and count on to have my back and always to bounce ideas off of. But it's it's been wonderful. It's been a short tenure for me so far, but I, I love every minute of it. I'll second that, Danielle. I definitely want my daughter to be able to participate in Camp NAWIC one day. So yeah, <laughs> that's what we do this for. In kind of closing, you guys have mentioned Camp NAWIC a few times and gave a Who's it for? Where is it? If people were interested, you mentioned Philadelphia has one as well. Like, talk to me a little bit. If, you know, if my daughter is listening, I have two that would be eligible. What, uh, talk to me about Camp Nawick and kind of in closing. Yeah, I, I can't say I know of all of the Camp Nawicks that exist. I know that San Diego and the Minneapolis St. Paul area both have fantastic Camp Nawick programs if you're around there. Definitely check with your local area to see if they host something like that. If you're in the Pittsburgh area and you have someone who might be interested, our website is nawickpittsburgh.com. And all the information is right there on the homepage and all the application documents are open. We're accepting applications till April 8th. That's awesome. That's and awesome. It'll, it'll be a week in June, the yes. last, last full week of June. And it's for ninth grade, eighth grade to 12th grade. Right, Joelle? Yes, we're doing rising eighth graders to rising 12th graders over the summer. And uh, yeah, and so last year we did a day with the electricians, a day with the iron workers and a day with the carpenters. And so we, you know, have gotten even more trades partners who want to participate. So we're really excited about uh, everything that we can, all the opportunities we can give them to see all the different career paths in construction. And are they out there splicing wires and hammering nails or what, what's the day look like? Yeah. Yes, each day we had something active that they were able to do. I know for the electricians day, they were dealing, they, they were looking at different meters and how um, a microgrid solar panel works on, you know, the lights that you have out in your driveway uh, to that are have little solar panels on them. For the carpenters day, they built a, what was that? A toolbox. They built a toolbox and they laser etched it and they got some virtual welding experience. And then Danielle can talk about the iron workers day. Yeah, so I was really proud of our apprenticeship. They stepped up to the table and put the girls through the entire classroom, all the different facets of ironworking that day. They tied rebar. They did, oh, we partnered with the um, operators here, local um, 66. They brought down their virtual crane. So they did that as well. And they did, you know, they learned about structural steel and how to rig. And then they went to the weld shop and they welded some beautiful bling necklaces. (laughs) So they looked a little bit like Flame of Flame for those of you who remember Flame of Flame, but they loved every minute of it. They climbed the column. I mean, they were very, they were immersed in the day, but they were immersed in every day that we had to offer. And then we took them to a job site to tour it as well. And that's our plan again today is to kind of, you know, show throughout the week how everybody can be involved in construction and how they work together and then take them to the job site to see it live and in person, really. But by the end of the week, those girls were very chatty and very excited to have done the program and willing to speak on its behalf, which was great, give testimonials, and also some wanted to come back and attend. And I think a lot found more interest in some of the, you know, different facets of construction than they ever would have known before. So we're very excited for it this year. I think we're going to have a big, big application pool. So we're excited to build from what we started last year. No, that sounds like a fantastic experience for all of them. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure even the, uh, the the tradespeople that were kind of putting them through it were having a good time with that. It just sounds like a, a good time had by all. For sure. 
Thank you both so much for joining us for this quick conversation about NAWIC. It sounds like it's doing some really cool things. And uh, yeah, if I can be a, a, a runway model for your fashion show, I'm super you're in. in. <laughs> I marked you down. You're here. I'll send you, we'll send you the dates because you have to come to Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, I'm done. Uh, you can be the one to tell Dan. <laughs> awesome. Sounds great. Thank you both so much for uh, joining us and I hope to work with you again soon. Thank you so much. much. You've just listened to the Construction User 2.0 podcast from the Association of Union Constructors. Don't forget to subscribe to get all future episodes of what is going on and what is current in the union construction and maintenance industry. 